G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The terms blessing and cursing occur frequently throughout the Bible. They have opposite meanings. The Hebrew word for bless means to empower one to prosper and increase. And the word curse includes the meaning of to diminish or to lessen or to make small. And wrong ideas concerning blessing and cursing based on an old covenant mentality have made their way into the church, bringing confusion and misguided focus to believers. We are led to believe that problems in our lives or in the lives of our families can be traced to a curse which we are under and from which we need deliverance. Now it's true, under the old covenant, blessing was conditional upon obedience to the law, and failure to keep the law resulted in coming under the curse. One of the many blessings that we received as a result of the death of Jesus on the cross is that we are delivered from the law and its curse. Paul states emphatically, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. What a great salvation. Let's remember which side of the cross we are living on. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. I'm Phil Edwards and this week we are surveying the wondrous cross. And Ken, what you've just shared with us is an important aspect of what happened on the cross. It's quite an amazing thing really that Jesus actually became a curse for us. Yes, you remember that when God gave the law, he said that the law carried with it blessings for those who kept it and curses for those who didn't. And Paul makes a very important point concerning this, that in order to be blessed or avoid being cursed under the law, we need to keep all the law all the time. Mm, Pretty hard to do that. Well, that counts me out. (laughs) What's amazing though, Phil, is that, as I just mentioned, some are teaching that Christians are still under curses. You need to, quote, recognize if a curse is at work in your life from which you need deliverance. And, you know, the teaching is that blessings and curses tend to continue on throughout time until they're revoked. So they're kind of put down to things like mental breakdowns, repeated chronic sickness, repeated miscarriages, divorce, financial hardship, etc., mm. etc. Et These are kind of generational curses being passed down down the hereditary line. But why do people think like that, though, Ken? Is it that they don't really understand what Jesus actually accomplished for us on the cross? I think that's what it is, actually, Phil. You know, Paul teaches us clearly that we are free from the curse because Jesus became a curse. That's what we're going to be celebrating this Easter week, you know, the death of Jesus on the cross. He became the accursed one. Everything that was due to us fell upon him. You know, he became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin, and he bore the curse for us by dying in our place. So this curse was openly demonstrated by the way that Jesus died. Do you remember in the Old Testament law, I think it's in the book of Deuteronomy, we read, you know, cursed is anyone who hangs upon a tree. Now, that's quite significant because the way of capital punishment in those days was not by hanging. It was by stoning. It was the Romans who actually introduced um, hanging as a form of execution, wasn't it? Yes, of course, God knew that that was going to take place and that that would be the form of the death of Jesus. And that was so that this actual verse could be fulfilled, that that Jesus would become a curse for us. The, The curse of the broken law would fall upon him. So he's paid its penalty 
and we're not under the curse anymore. Mm. You know, these teachings go around, and, and, and it's okay because, you know, you can understand that some people can come at the Scriptures from a wrong covenantal aspect, and so they don't understand that. But but here's something I've, I've found to be very helpful in my ministry and in my own walk, Phil. You know, when you hear different teachings, uh, I ask two questions. Number one, did the apostles teach them? Uh, you know, is there anywhere in the epistles where we're told that we need to be set free from a curse? And then secondly, did they practice it? Did they, in the Acts of the Apostles, you know, break curses over people's lives? And I'm guessing you're going to say in both cases the answer <laughs> is no. Well, or, uh, you know, show me. <laughs> show me. I can't, I've never found it. What about that scripture, though, Ken, that says that the sins of the parents are passed down to the children to the third and the fourth generation? That's often put forward as generational curses and a scriptural grounding. Is that something different? No, that's what we're talking about. In fact, um, when God said that he would visit the sins of the parents upon their children to the future generations, it was in the context of the Old Covenant. It was an intrinsic part of the Old Covenant. In Mm. fact, it appears in the very chapter that the Ten Commandments were given, right in the the middle of the Ten Commandments. He said, you know, if you go after idols, I'll visit the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Now, we need to notice, first of all, that God said, I'll do that, not Satan. I will visit the sins of the parents Mm. to the third and fourth. So people are going around binding Satan they should be binding God because <laughs> he's the one that said he would put these curses or visit these curses upon those who go into idolatry. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, but um, the thing is this, that um, furthermore, when the covenant was broken and it became redundant, God promised a new covenant. That's what we've got to look at because one of the features of the new covenant that he said would characterize this new covenant was this. Let me quote to you from Jeremiah 31, 29 and 30. He says, In those days... They shall say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. In other words, those who are joined to God under the new covenant have been set free from any guilt that stems from their ancestors' idolatry. They're not cursed, they're blessed. Mm. Um, The reason for this is that those who are born again have got a new history. I can imagine there are people who are hearing this and this is revolutionary for them because they can they know of things that have happened, connections to all yeah. sorts of things in their past, and their father, grandfather, whoever has done thing. Yeah, it's really a foundational thing, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, if we live under that, we're going to be forever looking over our shoulder because those that teach this says, look, it's not things just that you've done; it's what your ancestors have done. And I've read the material. It says this could go back even thousands of years. Mm. <laughs> so you can go right back through your hereditary line and just, you know, the stuff that's gone on down there, you're still copying the consequences for. And it's like as if you, you're never, ever going to get over it because how do you investigate every single little root in your family tree, you know? Exactly, yeah. I mean, the fact is, as I was going to say, you know, we have a new history in Christ. Uh, we're severed from the spiritual roots of our family tree, not just to two or three or four generations, but all the way back to Adam. That's what Paul teaches in Romans chapter 5. You know, we're no longer products of our past. We're a new creation. We're products now of the cross and the resurrection. I like the way you say that, that we're products of the cross, because anything else would actually indicate that the work of the cross was only partial. Yeah. That we would need to complete it somehow ourselves by breaking curses. Yeah. But it was Jesus in his death. He fulfilled the law and delivered us from its curse, didn't he? Absolutely. In fact, you know, you, you've raised a good point there because um, any work that we try to do that kind of uh, is supposed to complete what Jesus has done on the cross is a dead work. 
he, he's completed it all. So if there's stuff that's outstanding, if we've got to break this, if we've got to bind that, if we've got to, you know, set people free from this curse, then then Jesus didn't really do it. Mm. You but know? that doesn't mean that we're not going to have issues that we've got to overcome, does it? Absolutely. No, that's another thing. I mean, we're still living in the flesh. You know, we still live in this body which is not yet redeemed. And so the Bible says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. So there's still growing and there's sanctification. But in terms of, uh, but but mind you, that's only just the outworking of what Jesus has already accomplished for us. And now, we need to walk in that, understand to walk in that. what he's done. We don't need someone to come in and set us free from stuff, you know. Jesus has set us free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, what I reckon, Phil, is this, that why study curses when, when the New Testament doesn't teach anything about curses, but it speaks a lot about blessings. Mm. And there are so many blessings that we have been given that the saints of God are ignorant of many of them and, and therefore not enjoying them, but forever looking over their shoulder about stuff that's happened in you know their hereditary line that might be catching yep. up with them. Yep. When God has set us free from all that and he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places, uh, you know, the Bible refers to those as the riches of God's grace. And we're blessed with believing Abraham. We should be studying the blessings. You know, the promise covenant or the grace covenant doesn't speak about curses. It speaks about many blessings. And I guess if we know our authority in Christ, then the curses aren't a problem anyway because they, his authority is far greater than any curse that could ever be cast. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this week we're looking at what Jesus did on the cross and uh, the wonder of that and and uh, I, I think the greatest thing that we can do is to see this incredible inheritance that he bequeathed us as a result of his victory on the cross. We're surveying the wondrous cross this week and we'll have more on this for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.